Welcome to the Nat Theo Podcast, where we explore nature, the Bible, and what both of them show us about our Creator God, who made this wild and wonderful world. I'm Erin Lynham, Master Naturalist, Bible teacher, and author, and I am so excited to explore God's Word and His created world with you. Hi, listeners, and happy summer. It is officially summertime, and I am so excited about all the wonderful things that we are going to explore together here on Nat Theo this season. Did you know that the Bible has a lot to say about summer? In fact, I'm so excited about this. I created some free printable summer verse cards for you, and you can download and print those from my website at erinlinum.com slash summer. I'll put that link in the show notes. And if you're looking for fun ways to get outside and discover God in nature this summer, encourage your parent or caregiver to pick up a copy of my new book, Rooted in Wonder, Nurturing Your Family's Faith Through God's Creation. In fact, that book was featured this past week on Focus on the Family, and you can watch my conversation with them at the link in today's show notes. And in that book, I end each chapter with a section called Step Outside, and these sections are full of fun activities that you can do to get outside this summer and see God through all the wonderful things that He has made. When we talk about summer, there's a big thing that comes to mind, sunshine. Today is all about the sun. So here's our trail map for today. What we're going to explore, we're going to look at why the sun is so important and how the sun gives energy to plants. We're going to see why sunflowers follow the sun and how in a similar way we can follow God's light all day long. But before we get started, I want to share with you one of the most awesome things that I have ever seen in my life. It's my favorite personal story about the sun. And it starts like this. Once upon a time, the sun disappeared. You heard me right. I have seen the sun disappear. And not like when it tucks itself in behind the horizon each evening as it sets. No, the sun disappeared during the daytime. Almost six years ago, my family and I were on this big, fun road trip across Oregon and Washington for nine weeks as we explored God's wonders at the ocean. And we were at Oregon at Newport Beach, right on the ocean for what is called a total solar eclipse. When this happens, these eclipses, it means that for a very short time, the moon passes between the earth and the sun and it actually blocks out our view of the sun. Now, there are these perfect spots to view these eclipses from. They're called totality zones, and we happened to be in one of those totality zones on that day. And this means that when the moon passes between the earth and the sun, we were in a perfect position, and the moon completely blocked out the view of the sun. So here's what it was like on that day. It began just after nine in the morning, right after we had eaten breakfast, and the sun was shining that day. But slowly, things began getting darker and darker as the moon began to pass in front of the sun. And when the eclipse actually happened, it was crazy, like nothing I've ever seen. 
the day went from warm to very, very cold, very fast, and we had to run and get our jackets. And the fog reversed direction. You see, in the mornings, the fog moves out from the bay, but suddenly it began rushing back in as if it was evening time. And the seagulls and the sea lions that were down by the water, they began going crazy and making all of this noise because they were so confused about what was happening. And then when the moon moved directly in front of the sun, it became like nighttime. There were stars shining in the morning sky, and it stayed that way for almost two minutes. I was speechless. So why is my favorite story about the sun a story about it disappearing? Well, on that day, I was reminded just how important the sun is. You see, we get so used to the sun coming up in the morning and traveling across the sky and shining all day long and then setting in the evening. And maybe we don't think about all the important jobs that the sun does. The sun is absolutely necessary for life and for the beautiful things that God has made, including you and me. Let's look at one of those things that God has made that relies on sunshine. Plants. Specifically, today we are going to look at sunflowers. Have you ever seen a sunflower? Maybe you've seen a massive sunflower blossom in the middle of a bouquet of flowers. Or maybe you've even planted sunflowers in your yard and watched as they quickly sprout up and grow taller than you are. Or maybe you've seen sunflowers growing in the wild. Where I live in Colorado, we have entire fields of wild sunflowers. I just noticed last week that they were beginning to blossom. Last year, my kids planted sunflower seeds in our yard, and they were so fun to watch. They quickly sprouted up and eagerly grew straight toward the sky and unfolded into these beautiful, bright yellow flowers. My favorite part of growing our sunflowers was that there is this beautiful songbird called the goldfinch, which is bright yellow, just like the sunflowers, and who loves to eat the sunflower seeds. And so even after our sunflowers had dried out, we had these gorgeous goldfinches stopping by every day for months, and they would stand on top of those sunflowers and balance and sway back and forth as they were picking the seeds from the flower heads. Do you know how the sunflower got its name? The sunflower is from the Helianthus flower family. The word Helianthus comes from the Greek language. Helios refers to the sun, and anthos refers to flower. Helianthus, sunflower. If you've ever seen a sunflower, you may have noticed that it looks like a sun. It's bright yellow or orange. Have you ever drawn a sun on a piece of paper? Maybe you start by drawing a big circle and then you put these pointy triangles around it. Well, a sunflower's petals look like that. But a sunflower's name isn't only a good fit because it looks like a sun or because it shares the sun's name, but also because it actually follows the sun. If you watch a field of sunflowers throughout the day, you might notice that their flowers face toward the east in the morning as the sun is rising. And then throughout the day, as the sun travels across the sky, the flowers follow it until they're pointing west 
where the sun sets. When a plant like a sunflower turns to face the sun, it's called heliotropism. And sunflowers mainly do this when they are young, because as we'll learn in a minute, they need the sun in order to grow bigger. You see, a sunflower doesn't follow the sun just because it likes the sun or because they share a name. They face the sun because they need its energy. Has anyone ever told you that you are full of energy? Well, we can definitely say that about the sun. The sun is an incredible source of energy, and the living things on earth need that energy in order to grow. It all begins with a process called photosynthesis. Photo what? If you remember from our last episode on roly-polies, photo refers to light, and synthesis means putting together. So photosynthesis is a process that is controlled by light. It is light putting things together. And in this case, it is sunlight. Sunlight allows plants to put things together and create their own food. You see, just like you and I need certain vitamins and nutrients to grow up big and strong and healthy, plants need certain things to grow also. They need water and air and something called chlorophyll, which we'll explore in a minute, and, you guessed it, sunshine. Plants need water, and through that water that they take in through their roots, they get certain minerals. They also need air, and the air gives them something called carbon dioxide. Plants also have something called chlorophyll, which is responsible for a plant's green color. And this is so important, it also allows the plant to soak in sunshine, which is the final thing they absolutely need. You see, sunshine is what allows a plant to turn all those good things into its food source, which is called elaborated sap. You guys, I know I'm introducing a whole lot of terms in this lesson. Don't worry, I have them all listed out in the show notes for you if you want to revisit them. And this elaborated sap, it is like superfood for the plant. So what does all this mean? We see that the plant drinks in water, takes in air, and then with that final touch of sunlight that they can soak in with chlorophyll, they create this elaborated sap energy superfood that they can use to grow and live well. We need energy also because you're constantly growing, right? Maybe it feels like you're growing too slow and you're so eager and excited to grow up faster. But believe me, you are growing up fast. Your parents or caregiver might even say that you're growing up too fast. Please slow down. And in order to grow, we need energy. But how do we capture the sun's energy? by eating the plants that hold that energy. So when your parent or caregiver says, eat your fruits and vegetables, they're giving you good advice because that's how you unlock the sun's energy and put it into your body. And that energy makes you able to grow and live and play. I thought about that this morning as I threw a handful of green spinach into my smoothie. I thought about how I was capturing the sun's energy and putting it into my body. 
So the sunflower is trying to do its very best job of photosynthesis. And that's why it's following the sun to soak up as much energy as it can between dawn and dusk. Can you imagine if the sunflower didn't have the sun? What would a world be like without sun? There would be no plants or animals or humans, and it would be rather dark and cold. The first thing God made during creation was light. It was his way of setting the stage for life and for everything that he was going to make after that. Listen to Genesis 1, 3. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. That's how powerful God's word is, that he spoke light into place. You know what's interesting? The Bible tells us that God himself is light. 1 John 1, 5 says, God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. What do you think would happen if a young sunflower turned away from the sun? It would not thrive or grow quickly or well. Just like the sunflower faces the sun and follows it all day long, we can do the same with God. We can turn toward him and follow him all day long. How do you think we can do that? Do you have any ideas? We can follow God throughout our days by going to his word and reading the Bible and by praying, whether out loud or with friends or in church or even in our thoughts throughout the day. We can follow God by spending time with other followers of Jesus who encourage us to grow in God. And we can follow God by keeping our thoughts on him. When we do this, We are following God's light, just like a sunflower follows the sunlight. Now we learned that sunflowers mainly turn toward the sun when they're young because they need that extra energy to grow up bigger. And then that process slows down as they get older. But it is so important that we never stop looking to God's light. We need to keep facing him and looking to him so our faith can always be growing. Just like it's dangerous for a sunflower to turn away from the sun, it is not good for us to turn away from God. This world is so distracting. There are so many things trying to get our attention, but we can keep our eyes on Jesus and stay focused on everything lovely and true and good. And just like the sunflowers facing the sun, we'll be able to grow and live well. Psalm 25, 15 says, My eyes are ever toward the Lord. And in Psalm 123, 2, we read, So our eyes look to the Lord our God till he shows us mercy. Perhaps this was the idea dancing around in God's mind when he designed the sunflowers. Maybe the sunflowers are our constant reminder to look to God and soak up his goodness and love. Let's go back to my story about the sun disappearing because there's something I didn't tell you yet about that day. The sun disappeared for almost two minutes, but then what happened? As the moon began to pass back out of the way of the sun, there was a brilliant ray of light. We were able to see just one tiny bit of sun again, but it was so bright and overwhelming. You see, Light is always stronger than darkness. John 1, 5 says, 
the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overpowered it. And listener, this verse is not just talking about a candle or a flashlight in a dark room. It's talking about Jesus himself. Let's back up one verse and we'll read John 1, 4 to 5. In him, that is Jesus, there was life. And that life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overpowered it. Jesus is our life and light. Like the sunflowers facing the sun all day long, let's turn and face Jesus, keeping our eyes fixed on him. Let me read to you these lyrics from the beautiful song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. O soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness, you see. There's light for a look at the Savior and life more abundant and free. Here's a challenge for this week. Plant some sunflower seeds. As they grow and stretch toward the sky and bloom and follow the sun, may they be a regular reminder to turn your eyes upon Jesus and soak up his light and life. Hey listeners, this is Erin and I need your help. We would love to get this podcast to more listeners so they can discover God out in nature. You can help us do that by following, rating, and reviewing. If you're listening on Apple, please make sure to follow the podcast and leave us a rating and review. And wherever you're listening, please share this podcast with others.